Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit livexlive.com or search livexlive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker and Philadelphia Eagles film junkie Fran Duffy break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time. And as always, we are presented by BetOnline.ag. Love those dudes. Love that website. The promo code is podcast1. I am Ross Tucker. Long-time NFL offensive lineman. Well, it was a long time for me. Actually, it felt kind of short. Seven years in the NFL. You can check me out on social media. Twitter and Instagram are both at Ross Tucker NFL. Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Have a bunch of podcasts for you. Uh, enjoy doing all of them. Fantasy Feast with Evan Silva. Even Money with Steve Fezzik. I like getting experts in their field. Of course, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast with my producer, Brian Neal. You can check out Brian on Twitter. He is at RTF Podcast, which really is the best way to make sure you're always up to date on everything we got going on with all of our different shows and as soon as they're posted because Brian's a producer that literally posts the audio to all of the podcast platforms as well as posted on social media at RTF Podcast. Very excited for part two with Ben Fennell. Those of you that listen to it every week got a chance to hear about his background and his various jobs, including a producer on ESPN College Football and a producer on NFL Network's draft coverage. Awesome, awesome stuff. Part two for Ben is momentarily. It's last minute now, essentially, if you haven't gotten your dad a Father's Day gift or if you haven't hinted enough to your family about what you want for a Father's Day gift. I'm just telling you the answer to both of those. MyFrontPageStory.com It's the coolest gift I've ever seen. Uh, especially if you like stories, if you like newspapers, if you like the written word, and you like things that actually have some meaning to them um, and some sentimental value, that's exactly what myfrontpagestory.com. Speaking of value, 
Wait till you see the value Ben Fennell's about to drop here in part two of our awesome conversation. Let's dive into 2019 college football, shall we? All right, he's back again by popular demand by everybody, mainly just me. Although you guys love what he had to say last week. We got a chance to hear about all of his different jobs. I told you about following him on Twitter at Ben Fennell underscore NFL. That's two N's, two L's in Fennell. He does a terrific job writing about the Packers for the Athletic in uh, the Athletic Wisconsin. He does an awesome job for Daniel Jeremiah and before that Mike Mayock getting them ready for the NFL draft with NFL Network. Eagles game plan during the season and ESPN college football during the season as well. Ben, this week, last week, we kind of went over your jobs, all the different jobs that have to go into going ahead and, you know, getting different people ready and the things that the viewers see, the ESPN college football, you know, helping out Tom Luganbill and Greg McElroy so that they have more information as quickly as things happen, then also helping out Daniel Jeremiah with the packages so that he's able to say what he wants to say and have visual evidence to back it up. So it's pretty awesome. But now I want to talk turkey a little bit, and I want to get into, you know, 2019 college football season from just a college football perspective and the draft perspective. Obviously, a lot of talk about Tua Tungo-Vailoa, Justin Herbert, um, Jake Fromm among the quarterbacks. Are there any other guys? Um, you know, I know you do a game every week and you're watching a lot of the game. Any other guys in your mind that people should be aware of at the quarterback position heading into the season? Yeah, obviously we know the big names like you had mentioned, but I have a big love-hate with these guys from Iowa, and I think Nathan Stanley is really going to rise in the Big Ten next year. Big kid, he's 6'4", over 240 pounds in that pro-style offense at Iowa, which I absolutely love in the college game. Just seeing quarterbacks put their hands under center, turn their back to the defense on some pro-style play-action concepts. He just really needs to improve the completion percentage and too many interceptions last year, but returning as a senior, I expect him to improve that but on the quarterback landscape and obviously this epidemic in college football with all these transfers I just have no idea what to make of some of these one-year stop quarterbacks whether that's Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma or Kelly Bryant popping popping up at Missouri and obviously we already know Shea Patterson and Jacob Easton at Washington and you know uh, Riley Neal now is going from Ball State to Vanderbilt so Tommy Stevens is going from Penn State to Mississippi State so I just don't know what to make of all this kind of transferring going around and which one of these quarterbacks are going to kind of catch fire in a pan and have that one really hot year almost like a uh a Paxton Lynch did at Memphis. You just have that one big year, and all of a sudden NFL scouts are at your practices and looking at those last couple games, and you could potentially be a first or a second-day pick. I think it's a good point because you think about this year, right? Um, I don't know that people would have – can you imagine saying before this past season that the first three quarterbacks taken in the draft – will be Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins all in the top 15 picks. I think it's a great point, Ben. I mean, Kyler Murray was a total unknown, really. Um, 
you know, Dwayne Haskins had played a little bit, you know, for Ohio State. I don't think people thought he'd have the year he'd have and be leaving school after one year of playing. I mean, he was pretty much a a one-hit wonder. He stepped in, you know, in the Michigan game the year before, but it's, yeah, just that one year flash in the pan. It's crazy. It really is. It's it's pretty crazy. So you're right. All these guys uh, in different offenses, maybe Jalen Hurts, Maybe Lincoln Riley works the magic again, or maybe Kelly Bryant. You mentioned. Um, you know, I'll be curious to see uh, what happens with Tommy Stevens at Mississippi State. Tommy has a lot of physical ability. Absolutely. That's for sure. I, I actually thought he had a better chance to start at at Penn State than he does Mississippi State, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, he feels differently. He probably knows better than I do. So um, there's there's a lot of different stuff there. That's a good point. It's funny that you mentioned Stanley. You got. You might have done the game. Probably not. Actually, now I think about it. But I watched the Penn State Iowa game, and I've watched some games where I was impressed with Stanley. I don't know if you watched that game, Ben, or you did that. He could not have been worse. I mean, he was awful. Iowa really should have won that game, and he just had a horrendous. I mean, horrendous <laughs> game. I, I like. I don't know how that happened. I never played quarterback, but. He could not have been worse, man. And I feel bad, but it's true. Yeah, you know, I didn't do that game, but I think I watched it on tape studying those stud tight ends from uh, last year's draft class. But that's kind of the love-hate with Stanley. Some weeks he just looks really sharp and he could fit into a pro-style system. And then some weeks, like the Penn State game, he just cannot hit the broadside of a barn and pretty much lost the game. All he had to do was not lose it. And, you know, he couldn't get it done. Yep. Um, Is there anybody else that, just having watched them the last couple of years that that you are high on or think that people should know about? No, obviously, you know, I like the Jake Fromms at Georgia and Jake Bentley's another one of those high variance guys with a lot of experience. So I like these guys that have been on the field like a Jake Bentley that just have been up and down and he just needs one good year to kind of refine it all in his senior year. But it's just very exciting, as frustrating as all these transfers are. It's also exciting because you don't really know who's going to catch fire. And sometimes these kids need a fresh start and a change of scenery. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But it's an exciting time because you don't really know. And, you know, it's optimistic and unknown for some of these kids. What about uh, some of the skill guys uh, that that we're looking to see this year? It seems like I know there's been a lot of talk about the wide receivers. Uh, It seems like, you know, there are some pretty darn talented underclassmen coming back next year well I feel like the underclassmen have been stealing the spotlight as far as the skilled players go so the running backs the receivers are obviously loaded up and down with underclassmen whether that's obviously Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb and Jalen Rieger and T. Higgins and Tylen Wallace and everyone's excited about these kids but there's still a lot of seniors out there, and I, I think NFL really values experience and on-field time. And when you look at all the players that were plucked from the Senior Bowl last year and how many really coveted those players that practiced well and showed up in those bowl games and those all-star games. So I really look at these kind of senior wide receivers as well to make names for themselves, whether that's Brian Edwards at South Carolina or K.J. Hill at Ohio State or Kalijah Lipscomb at Vanderbilt. A lot of people don't realize he led the SEC in catches. He was third in yards. And, you know, I think a lot of these underclassmen are young and exciting. And obviously, you know, they're 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 explosive players. But let's not discredit on-field time and experience as well. 
No, I think that that's I, I think that's a good point. You know, it's not quite the NBA, but I do feel like there's something there, Ben, where it's like if a guy stays for his senior year, you almost assume that he's not an elite player. You know, it's like, well, if he was that great, he would have left school early um, and he would have been, you know, Justin Ross at Clemson, precocious as a true <laughs> freshman and leaves after three years, which, you know, there are more and more of those guys every year, too. Yeah, it kind of does have that stigma at certain positions. That's probably a receiver, running back and and cornerback that, you know, if you're if you have what it takes as a junior, you come out. So if you hung to your senior year. What is it? You know, are you not happy with your testing times or were you not healthy or what area of your game are you trying to improve upon? Why do you have to improve upon it if, you know, you're an NFL style player? So, yeah, those players do have a bit of a stigma in that senior year and thinking there's something wrong with them. What about um, taking a look at some other positions? What about I, I know you like safeties with cornerback skills. Who are some of the guys there that jump out to you? Yeah, I just think that's a position really being covered by the NFL. And you look at last year with, you know, Darnell Savage and Nasir Adderley and Jonathan Abram and Juan Thornhill. And I know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson fell a little bit, but all these kind of bigger cornerbacks that could play in the middle of the field that aren't coverage or excuse me aren't liabilities against the run because they're bigger size players so instead of finding that undersized corner to step in and play nickel I think more NFL teams are looking for that safety with coverage skills so you could play big nickel which is three safeties on the field and two corners so I just think you're looking for more of these players that can convert and have the coverage skills and aren't liabilities against the run and can blitz well and handle their business as tacklers. So I look right at like a Utah uh, defensive back, Julian Blackman, who's 6'1", 190, started at corner the past two years, 16 PBUs and five interceptions. He's converting to safety this year, but I don't necessarily think that means I'm going to be a back-end center fielder. I think he's going to be down in the mix, guarding slot receivers, guarding tight ends, blitzing, sticking his nose against the run. Eric Lee Jr. is another one at Nebraska that's going to convert from safety, excuse me, convert from corner to safety. So I think it really does these players well, considering that's the direction of the NFL game. You know what's interesting? I have seen that transition go really well and really poorly. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like um, when they move a guy from tackle to guard – you know, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, you just move him to guard. And there's Zach Martins and Joel Batonio's where it goes really well. Well, I'm here to tell you, you know, in <laughs> 2002 with the Washington Redskins, they signed Rod Jones from the Rams, who was a tackle. It started in the Super Bowl for the Rams. They moved him to guard. It did not go well. It sets a dangerous precedent when those stud players do it, and that's kind of the writing on the wall said, he did it, he went from tackle to guard, let me see you do it. Not that easy. No, I remember 2007, I was back with the Redskins, and they tried to do the same thing with Todd Wade, who you know had been like a four or five, maybe six-year starter at tackle, and he was a disaster at guard. You know, things just happen so much faster uh, the guys are right on top of you. You're blocking different body types. The timing is different. And so I feel the same way about safety where or corners moving to safety. 
a lot of times, you know, you think Ronnie Lott and different guys, and it it really goes well for them. But there are examples of guys that, you know, you almost don't hear about those, though, Ben, because those guys just drift out of the league. You know, it's like once they're moving them from corner to safety, the next place is out of the league. So exactly. you don't, yeah. it just doesn't, you don't hear about the, you don't hear about the guys that, uh, don't pan out. You hear about the Malcolm Jenkins of the world a lot more than you hear about, you know, the guys that it doesn't work out for. What about Ben, you know, specifically for some position groups, um, in college football? What are the position groups that, you know, already, cause I know NFL teams have to have some idea of this. When they're drafting in 2019, they have to have some idea what it looks like college will be producing in 2020 if for their long-term plans. What position groups do you think um, look like they're going to be deep and what look like they're going to be light this year? Yeah, it's always exciting to kind of rank the position groups based on depth. And the one thing with the transitioning from corner to safety, my last point is that cornerback position is so much a phone booth and you're so much more in a vacuum. You move them to safety and it's all of a sudden you're in open fields and green pastures and you have run keys and looking at receivers on both sides of the field. Completely different game when you're in that middle of the field. So a lot of players thrive with their instincts over the middle of the field and some are a little bit wide-eyed with all their keys and moving parts and things to look at. So always interesting to see those players transition out of that phone booth kind of into open spaces. But when we're looking at that 2020 class and what positions are really deep, Man, I'm really liking this tackle group, but conversely, the edge group is just as deep. So, you know, that tackle group, when you have Andrew Thomas from Georgia and Walker Little from Stanford and a couple of Notre Dame kids and Liam Eckenberg and Trey Adams from Washington still up there dealing with his injuries and all these edge players, whether that's the young explosive Chase Young from Ohio State or A.J. Espinessa from Iowa's getting a lot of traction and Terrell Lewis at Alabama. So I think the NFL always wants these players on the perimeter of the pocket and those guys that can protect the quarterback and those quarterback hunters on the other side. So I think 2020 is a really interesting class for the tackle and the edge group. Good to know. Good to know, Ben. What about, I know you, um, you and I were talking and you had texted me and you had said, um, nose tackle linebacker duos that was an interesting one you know i'm going through different topics we can talk about dark horses at quarterback skill guys safeties with cornerback deep light nose tackle linebacker duos i i what what is that about so I just feel like there's a lot of run pluggers in college football that don't get a lot of love. And these guys are maybe 320, 330, don't have a lot of pass rush upside, maybe aren't even on the field on third down, but their linebackers on the second level are getting all these TFLs and big plays and pounding their chest and getting 120 tackles. I just feel like these big guys up front need the credit and the recognition for the work they're putting in for those linebackers, whether that's Jordan Scott at Oregon, who's every bit of 340 nose tackle, keeping Troy Dye clean on the second level, or Lorenzo Neal. That's right, Lorenzo Neal's kid at Purdue is a big nose tackle, keeping that senior linebacker Marcus Bailey clean. And Florida Gators have a really good nose tackle in Kyrie Campbell, and that keeps linebacker David Reese clean. So I don't feel like these guys get a lot of love up front, so I like to kind of pair them together so the linebackers get all that recognition and make the highlight splash plays, but they aren't doing it alone. A lot of those big guys up front help help keep them clean and give them free alleys to the ball carrier. 
Ben, this was absolutely fantastic. Going to have to get you on again. Really, really appreciate the time. The last two weeks have been amazing. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. And in fact, I'm going to get you on the Ross Tucker football podcast at some point this summer because I want to talk about, you know, sort of the transition from college, the NFL, as well as how the game's changing and just kind of some some myths and misconceptions that are out there. But thanks again for coming on the college draft the last two weeks. Highly encourage people to check him out on Twitter at Ben Fennel underscore NFL, two N's, two L's. And that way you can see all his gigs and all the stuff that Ben has going. Thanks, Ben. Always a pleasure, Ross. Yeah, Ben's a stud. I, I got to get him on the Ross Tucker football podcast just to talk about some misconceptions with the NFL game and how things are changing because he kind of sees it as it happens, the change from college football to the NFL. Speaking of a change, if you're not placing your bets at betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one, it's time to make a change. Go to betonline.ag. When you use that promo code, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Here we are. It's second week of June. We're getting closer and closer. I mean, preseason games are less than two months away. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. If you're doing research for your fantasy team, like the Fantasy Feast or whatever, you can use that for some prop bets. BetOnline.ag. Promo code PODCAST1. Welcome bonus 50%. Other than that, the keg is kicked, and we are all tapped out. Thanks for enjoying your frosty one while listening to the college draft. Chuck, 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 chuck. Make sure you're also subscribing to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, and Even Money Podcasts. All available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.